I can't say anything because I can't have. Whoa, you. Wow. Is that. You didn't see that one coming. No. Wow. Whew, boy, that is tough. I think what ends up happening is that somehow, some way, things get hyped up and then they don't live up to the hype and they're just subpar. And then uh, it makes it less exciting for me. So, w- what movie didn't live up to the hype for you? Mm-mm. I mean,. See, for me, I, I, I prefer the Martin Scorsese side of storytelling when it comes to the mob or the mafia-related stories. I don't know. Like, and what's... I don't know, man. It's just... The Godfather just did, and, and I love that, that, that realm of... Sto- like, those are the stories I like. And it just didn't do it for me. It's okay to be that guy. No, it's, it's completely fine. Because, like... Movies that I've rewatched more than any other films. Mm-hmm. I've watched. What do you think your most watched movie of all time is? Without a shadow of a doubt, it's The Dark Knight. I've watched that movie. So it was my college movie that was just on in my. Wait a minute! Mind. Wait a minute! You said Boondock Saints was your college movie. No, I'm talking about I watched that in college, but like the movie, okay. the movie that was on in my room, just on repeat, that just mm-hmm. kept on rolling, was The Dark Knight. I could walk in at any moment of that film and just sit there and watch it because it was, it's so good. It's so good. Do you, and and obviously everyone knows, like, super fan of The Office. I would take The Office over, if I would take it over any movie or anything. I would, if it was like the one thing I had to save, it would be The Office. I would take The Office over anything. Well, I mean, as we discussed, I haven't watched... Only things I've seen of The Office is the clips that you've showed me. And you have laughed very, very, I mean, you can't say it's not funny, the stuff that you've seen. No, I, I think The Office is funny. I think that fire So drill, what are you waiting so for to watch it? Like, what I, more do you I need? I just don't have an I co-sign in. The Office. <laughs> I co-sign The Office. It's, there is not a person that, how, how do you not watch it after the clips? That should be enough. I know, but then, like, your palette for stuff. I don't trust your cosign. That's what it is. I just, no. The thing is, everything I've watched of it, I laughed. I just, first of all, it's a big commitment. That is one. But you can do it in segments. You're right. I could possibly do it in segments. Yeah. You just put it on and watch it. it, it that's the great thing is, like, you watch it. They're only 22-minute commitments at a time. All right. Well, since we have already gotten off the cosign train. Yeah. We might as well go ahead and step into it because the thing that we were going to go into next is that streaming, is that binging versus going to the theater. Now, you're a person Mm -hmm. that advocates that streaming is now the way. Absolutely. Unequivocally. Streaming, whether the there's going to be some more attempts to save theater. It's we, we it's not going down. It's not going anywhere. Okay. Theater is not going anywhere. People want to get back out and go into the theater. One of the best experiences that I have of being a kid is being inside a big theater, the big screen on, and a whole bunch of people. So who's going to save it? Who's going to save it? We will. Who is we? Vaccinated people. We going out to the theaters, baby. I can't wait to see A Quiet Place 2 
in theaters with where nobody's quiet. Bro, you talk about the first one, everybody, people stopped eating popcorn in that thing halfway through. Nobody was talking, doing nothing. What does it take for you to go and spend it? it, it you're a thrifty guy. You're, you're not You're not the first guy to just go out and spend a bunch of money like Absolutely. It. So with the expense of how expensive it is for, say, just for you and your daughter to go to the movies because... She's going to want some popcorn. She's mm-hmm. going to want this. Very true. She wants these different things, plus the ticket to get in, da 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 Before you sit down, you're already at 40 50 bucks, 60 bucks. Could be. Could, could be. be. Mm-hmm. So what does, it take, what does it take from a movie to say, I'm going to go and spend this as opposed to, you know, renting it or buying it from? For me, one of the biggest things is the experience of being in a theater and watching with a whole bunch of people that big screen because no matter how hard I try, my TV at the house just ain't going to give me that same effect. Mine does. Please. But, like, for me to spend that money, it has to be a film that I want to see. You know I'm a constant trailer watcher. You'll you'll mm-hmm. come past me and, like, It's well, actually annoying. I'll be eating my lunch and I'll be watching a trailer. Because Instead of actually watching something, <laughs> you're just bro, watching trailers. Bro, trailers are great, bro. It gives me a little taste of something, you know. It gives me a little fix before I actually go and see it. But so, but what happens when the trailer is the best part of the film? Well, for I've learned that that's mostly the case for comedies. No. Because I can honestly tell you if... Any of you out there have seen the film Baby Driver? None of the best parts are in the trailer. I've never seen the trailer for Baby. Well, I, no, let me take that back. I've seen it. I just don't remember the trailer. But I mean, the the beginning of that film is probably one of the greatest openings of any film that you could possibly. You think that's one of the greatest openings? It's it's, dude. When I think about what it took. That they actually had to have someone there editing that live on set. Oh, you're taking it from editors. Yeah, that is that is tough. Not just the, no. I mean, the editor, yes, but there's also the amount of foresight and pre-planning of what that even looks like. Like, I find that to be to me, it makes me feel inadequate. Like, I will never be at a certain level of of storytelling because I don't even know if my mind can expand to that broad to say, think about that. The person who wrote it, how, and imagine if you couldn't see that in theaters. Good. I didn't see it in theaters. I did. And it was awesome. See what is, because you, I know your first, because your first movie going experience obviously was in the theater. What was the thing that kept on taking you away? Because they do have, I don't know if they have any more, but they used to have $5 Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. Man, anytime I had a date, it was on Tuesday, I'm dog. Gonna, I'm going to tell you something. We were going really, $5 Tuesdays. Uh, this is going to tell my age. Premium ticket pricing, when when I was a kid, it was like $5, $6. Was Stop the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Five or six dollars for a premium? Yeah, I mean, that was the, the going rate of a movie ticket. When I first, like, when, like, my first, like, I saw, um, what Terminator? The I first one? No, I saw Terminator 2 in the theater. I saw the original Batman 89. You saw 12 Angry Men in the theater no, when it first came out as well, dude. That's fucked up. <laughs> 
<laughs> that damn. <laughs> but there, I saw Honey, I Blew Up the Kids at the drive-in. Like th- those were five to six dollars was a premium price. You see, and that's weird to me because like those are some great films, especially to watch inside a theater on a big screen. And like the experience, the popcorn, getting the seats, and now with the kickback Lazy Boy seats of leaning it you're, back. But now you're paying more for that theater experience than if th- there's a premium in your price ticket, too, just to have the recliner. No, but it's worth it, though. And then when the movie is fantastic on top of it, because personally for me, mm-hmm. the movies of late, except for, actually, I saw this film, I saw it in theaters first, and then I watched it on streaming. So there was a film that I watched, me and my girlfriend went to, was Judas and the Black Messiah. Mm -hmm. And I watched that in theaters. And the best part about it is, which is kind of bad to say, but I was like, it was only us and two other couples. Mm -hmm. Because COVID, everything else was still going on. They were open, but, you know, not a lot of people were going out. So we watched that film. And then Mm -hmm. watching it at home, it was good, but just the theater, just the... For me, that's just the whole experience of being inside a room. And I know it may sound weird, being inside a dark room with a whole bunch of people you don't know. Bunch of strangers. And and having the same experience of watching something and enjoying it the same or having the same cliffhanger. Like, that, that is something that you can't get. Because I know for a fact, if you make a film, your feature film, you're going to want it to be premiered in a theater. I think that's what we're conditioned to think. You think we're conditioned to Yeah, because it's been the norm for film forever. This, the, 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 the theater, not, not the, the studios making films, we're talking mm. about the theater, it, they're still in denial. Denial of what? Extinction. It's, when? Huh? They ain't going nowhere. Okay. That's what, that's what Blockbuster thought, too. Well, Blockbuster was foolish. They they could have got into what made them foolish. That 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 what what is what they did made them any more foolish than the way theaters are right now, or even the it, it, the the theater system. The way that they don't what they're doing is trying to say streaming isn't going to affect them. But we've seen because of COVID how all of a sudden now the studio system is like oh. We don't. Because, we don't need the theaters because the theaters even adjusted. They went to they a subscription it. service of like subscribing or paying this monthly amount, and you get to see. That was before COVID, though. That yeah, existed before COVID. No, that's what I'm saying. Like they were adjusting. They were changing their ways of how they did stuff because they're like, look, you can pay this premium a month, and I'm not going to use Movie Pass because that thing completely died and they did some shady stuff. But mm-hmm. if you look at like AMC Theater, they had they had a program that you mm-hmm. could pay so much a month and you can go to so many movies or however many movies you wanted to essentially for that month. But it was like five or six and typically no one's going to five or six in that month. Do you know why the theater system dies? Why? I can give you multiple reasons. Okay. But one of the first to start it is the example of the Irishman and what happened there. They did not want to cooperate with a Netflix film of only doing a 30-day run in theaters. They demanded the full 90. They're like, okay, we'll go to the art houses so we can be up for awards. Up for awards. And then they're going straight to Netflix. And, you know, that's how they did it. And then during COVID, they there was studios like I think Trolls 
was one of the Trolls World Tour. Yeah. They made more the first week in VOD of course, sales. Trolls would be the one that would. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying. So it's like they, they did more sales in the first, I think, week or two weeks of releasing than the first Troll did the 90-day run in theaters. And Allegedly. I, well, we can pull the numbers. I'm sure they exist. But what I'm saying is, is that, it, and here's the, so there's them trying to, one, I don't think the if they're going to headbutt with people like Netflix and Amazon, they're going to have to find a way to coexist or they will just get wiped out. Like you're not going to go head to head with Netflix, Amazon, HBO, everybody that's going into the streaming platform. Because here's the thing. Theaters don't create the content. They're not in the business to be saying, I agree. controlling the creators of how things are going to run. They need to find a middle ground to compromise and coexist because that was the situation with Blockbuster and Netflix. Nobody ever thought that. Netflix. Let me tell you why I know the theaters aren't going to go anywhere. Oh, I'm not done. Because the studios will not let them go anywhere. They get too much money by having their films shown on that screen. Way too much money. And by having that and having that resource of, because Warner Brothers quickly is starting to put their films that they had on HBO Max trying to do theaters at the same, same exact time or just trying to get it out strictly for theaters. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why Marvel, and I know you're not a big Marvel fan, but they've been holding off on Black Widow for the longest because they know if they release it inside theaters, they can make a billion. They're not going to make a billion from streaming as of yet. That model for streaming at least hasn't been made yet. I, I think the theater experience will be mostly reserved for movies like the big action marvel films and things that you know cost three four hundred million to make and they have a projected revenue of you know close to a billion dollars or over 500 million but you're the here's the thing and what people don't look at and assess is for example this and we've had this conversation before where I where I have said that YouTube or a version of something like YouTube will replace the streaming platforms and television or network actual cable satellite whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. and everyone's like wait what what do you how how do you how do you see YouTube being that person or that business model and the thing is is like you're talking about your love for the theater experience as you and, you know, maybe our generation, you know, keeps it going a little bit longer. But you got to think about the upcoming consumer and how they're consuming shit. Mm -hmm. Like my five-year-old and three-year-old, they just want to watch YouTube every day. Everything that they could possibly want to watch is on YouTube. So... It's not like, oh, Saturday morning cartoons put on whatever that channel well, is. Well, no, and like the cable, co the cable cord in a lot of houses is being cut. Mm -hmm. Because, like, we do, we're having a whole time conversation about streaming. And we haven't even mentioned network TV because nobody's, nobody's really checking for that anymore. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's nobody. The biggest shows of this year, at least to my knowledge, that I know about that are, are like, releasing that are out. You got Handmaid's Tale, which mm -hmm. is Hulu. You got Invincible, which is an animated series, but that's still on Amazon Prime. Uh, you got Loki, which is Disney Plus. Like those are like the biggest things in terms of like television and mm -hmm. 
all of those things are streaming. the way the way YouTube or the version of YouTube that outbeats some of the streaming is what ends up happening. So you have like a company like Netflix when when they first went to their streaming model and it was like seven ninety nine a month. They're competing against at the time big network, big cable, big satellite. They're they're this little guy. But as the streaming piece takes off and becomes more popular, now you have networks creating their own apps to stream their content. All these things start going on. All of a sudden, the network and the cable companies are uh, lesser competition, so they start jacking up their pricing. Before you know it, you'll be paying $30 a month for Netflix. Maybe not within the next five years, but eventually that price is going to continue to go up. YouTube is the free model and it's continuing to grow and it allows and there's films on there and user created content Mm. it's it's beyond just what it used to be so that's what it's now on remote controls it's it's an app on smart tvs i agree with you in terms of streaming having a solid place and foundation inside the culture to where it's not going to go anywhere because it gives too many creatives the opportunity to put something out there but at the same exact token, I don't think the theater is going to go anywhere because studios like Warner Brothers, Paramount, but Marvel, what Pixar, when they all want the them. younger generation doesn't have that appreciation or care about it. And they're like, oh, I could just stream it. Like their mentality is want it now, want it streamed, boom. They're, they're, they're not going to have that nostalgic feeling that you have because part of that experience when you go in there is from when you were a kid going to the theater and the nostalgic piece of it, the smell of the popcorn, the refreshing Coca-Cola, all these different pieces that are built into it. So there's a nostalgic because that was where you probably first fell in love with movies and became a fan of movies because there was such this long waiting period between a movie coming out in the theater and then it being available on VHS to rent or purchase. Like there was a huge, oh, huge gap. You were only going to see something in the theater. I saw white man can't jump in the theater when it first came out. Just, yeah. Man. So, and I, you at least 65. <laughs> I can't even tell you how many times that I've, I've saw it just because it was, it was amazing. But the thing is, it's like, I went to the theater as many times as I could to go see it. Because I knew once it left the theater, there was going to be this long... Almost a year wait. It takes a year before it would be on DVD or what at the time, VHS. It it took this very long time before you could, as a consumer, watch it in your home. And like I said, I agree with you in terms of the television because we've had this discussion around the studio about the best shows out or people talking about like their favorite shows or even favorite shows of all time. Mm -hmm. And like within like the last, I would say... Outside of Game of Thrones, which is now on HBO Max, so you can watch all of that, but, like, a lot of the newer shows, like, within the last two to three years have all been streaming stuff. And, like, the movies for me, and this is what I'm going to say, and the only way I think that streaming can even have a chance is that the quality of the movies have to be better. Well, that was going to be my question for you is, do you think the bigger... Do you think there is a threat to the feature film? do, do, Do series threatened features no because it's different and what i mean by that is what's funny is we are now programmed and i think a lot of us are 
that we will sit down and watch a series faster than we will sit down at home and watch a feature film. Like, I will sit down and watch, I'll just use this show, Mayor of Easttown, which is its HBO show. It has, I would say, seven episodes that I think it had. I watched the whole entire season. But it's like 50 minutes each. Mm-hmm. Essentially, that the first two episodes were one movie, but I'm not going to watch that at home. What's funny is when we're in the well, it gives you the opportunity to break it up, and you know you're not making you know some some series episodes are because thirty minutes. I think the not. only reason why I was able to get through the Irishman is because I did not see it in theaters because that film is something else, like it is long. But what's funny is when I saw Lord of the Rings, which you mentioned earlier in the theaters, it didn't feel long to me. Yeah, and you know, uh, I was disappointed in the Irishman. And you use that one as an example, too. Well, no, I, I was disappointed. I think my expectation of it, because for one, I'm a, a huge Martin Scorsese fan. Cast and, and director, you, is, it, you don't get much top-notch than that in terms of you're looking at a cast. It's one of those films that fell victim to being the hype beast because you got to think, this film is bringing Joe Pesci out of retirement or whatever his hiatus was like. Nobody's seen Joe Pesci in forever. It's the first time you have Pacino, De Niro, and uh, Pesci in a film, a Martin Scorsese film. Like, this is supposed to be that. You know what's funny? It's something that I can definitely say about The Irishman. I feel like you'll agree with me after I say this. The Irishman should have been a series. It probably would have done better. I think it would have been a fantastic series. Because I felt like out of all the things of how in-depth and how much they could have branched out. It was too, out, intri- too intricate. It was to too much to info out. to make it into a film. And I think maybe that's why it didn't, like, to me, I just had this, like, this is going to be Scorsese's, like, thing. But to me, it just, I mean, it, it didn't outdo Goodfellas or Casino or... The Departed or Wolf of Wall Street, like all of these other films of his are way better than what The Irishman well, was. Well, no, and I, I agree with you, and I think streaming will always be the king of TV, and I think it's slowly becoming that whether we want it to Is be. it the new feature? From an actor's perspective, what, what would an actor prefer, a feature? or Because, you know, back in the day, we'll say the 90s were like, Feature films and blockbusters were the big thing. You yep. would not catch a film actor in a TV series. Bro, nowadays you'll talk to an actor, and I can say this from a couple of ones that I've talked to, they much rather have the opportunity for a series because that can lead to more work. And what I mean by that is... Well, it's longer work, too. It's, it's going to be more than one season, probably, especially if the show is good. And as of right now, if you start to look... Because back in the day, there used to be boundaries between actors. Like, oh, this person's just a feature film actor. This person's just a TV actor. That boundary and that barrier, I think, is completely gone. Because once you have people that are Matthew McConaughey's status who's taking on a TV show like True Detective, mm-hmm. and then phenomenal. The, the story's phenomenal. The cinematography, like, this is just a longer feature. And then you have all these actors that start on television that have branched into features and that can simultaneously move, move back and forth from them. Like, I think that era of it being separate is dead mm-hmm. because Kate Winslet, like I said, mayor of Easttown, she's the star of that television series. Mm-hmm. She's a TV, I mean, she's a feature film actress. Like, cream of the crop oh yeah yeah so like 
the boundary has been broken down. Like you're having those in terms of that for an actor, those barriers are already broken and it doesn't matter because having a Netflix series is just as powerful as having one of the biggest shows on television. And I'll use this guy as an example. To all the boys I love, this guy named Noah Centineo. I believe. I've seen part. I've seen. I've watched part of the first season. Dude, his career changed overnight by being in a feature film on Netflix, which changed his whole entire life. To book Charlie's Angels, which is a huge feature film that was in the like that nobody knew that they did. Look, bro. <laughs> Look, he, still, he got. He was casted. in this feature he, film that nobody knew about. He got a check, <laughs> bro. That's all that matters. But what I'm saying is, like that barrier is kind of taken down. The residuals I, have to be horrible, I, though. <laughs> I've seen more people become stars from Netflix now. Oh yeah, and from HBO series than anything else. So like that barrier and AMC sto- uh, AMC originals because you have uh, you know they. AMC was actually to me at one point was turning into the. A, a new version of HBO because I mean, Madman, Breaking Bad, Walking Dead. They, but then the Walking Dead phenomenon happened, and they tried to milk it too long because it was their big. I think Walking Dead is without a doubt their probably biggest cash cow, and they milked it for everything, and they ended up ruining the show and everything else. Probably. As an Atlanta actor. I love that The Walking Dead is still being shot because the opportunity is still there. Not anymore. I mean, you heard me. Not anymore. But the spinoffs right. and different stuff like that. But I love, I love our people getting work. So as as far as I'm concerned, burn it, milk it till it's dry. But yeah, like, there's definitely that aspect of it. But there's the the viewer and the fan of the show that just watched something that, especially like as many seasons. I dedicated my life to nine seasons before I let it go. Mm-hmm. That's a big commitment. That is a huge commitment. But <sighs> you just couldn't wait to use You were trying to find a way. Waiting to all day. But then it was really quiet. That I, I truly believe that streaming in terms of television has completely revolutionized that. And it's never going back to the way that it was because mm-hmm. more people are discovering shows on streaming. Like, there were certain shows that had a whole life, like that show Lucifer. More people watched it on Netflix. Your show, The Office. The Office literally lived on Netflix, and that's why it grew popularity. So It saved Cobra Kai, too, didn't it? Yeah, because it was on YouTube. They were trying to pay for that. YouTube, right. That's YouTube made a... They learned that lesson really quick, though. (laughs) That scared me. That's that sign, though. Get the fuck off the air, guys. Talking for over an hour. No, that, that that's where YouTube learned very quickly that people have been getting our platform for free for too long. We we're, we can have a rental option, but we're not going to try and get people to pay for original content and what licensed it to Netflix. And now it's a huge thing. So, yeah, theaters are going nowhere. Streaming has taken over the TV world. And if you give somebody a cosign. You better know and trust that they can handle whatever you put them under that cosign. I love it. That's a good recap. So, yeah, I'll agree with that. Write it down, Curtis. I don't want to okay, cool. Write that down. Yeah, Which write it down. Hey, we want to thank everybody for tuning in to this episode of the Creative AF Podcast. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button or the follow button wherever you're listening to this. 
Um, and make sure if you have ideas or want comments or whatever, give us some ideas for some episodes or guests that you recommend. Tag them. Let us know about them. We're trying to uncover the world of creativity here in Atlanta. Um, and that's all I got. So you beautiful people stay beautiful out there and you have a sexual seduction type of day. All right. I guess until next time. Ciao. Powered by M3 Creative.